Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. Thank you for joining me today. I'm your host, Steve Kramer. In today's episode, I'm joined by Coach Anthony Troshak as we break down some of the books that we've read recently that have left a mark. They've made an impact on us. So we share about 10 different books in this full episode, and we share one thought that really has stuck with us that we try to apply to our life, whether that's made us a better basketball coach, improved our leadership, communication, something we try to apply to our daily life. So a quick teaser on some of the, the books, Burn Your Goals, Shift Your Mind, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Why the Best Are the Best, Atomic Habits, Winning, and much more. And we share a little bit about some of those books and uh, obviously they're books that we highly recommend other people to read as well. If you find it beneficial, if you like hearing more about this, please subscribe, leave a positive rating and review. That goes a really long way. Thank you for checking out the Coach's Edge. Let's get to the show. Will you play against the zone this year? Will you play against a 1-3-1 zone defense this year? If that answer is yes, you might be interested in our zone offense course focusing on the one three one defense and how you can really try to manipulate the one three one defense to do some di different things. We offer a five-part video course, 35 plus minutes in total, breaking down different areas that you can utilize to play against the one three one. And then we also give you a PDF of the concepts, a handful of one three one quick hitters. And because we like to go above and beyond, We'll give you volume one of our blob and slob plays with the Coach's Edge. Now, all my Coach's Edge members listening, remember, don't buy this package. You already have access to it through your Coach's Edge membership. But if you're not a member, you want to become a better zone offense coach, check out the link in the description below. And I will say this, even though this package focuses on one three, one offensive principles, in fact, there's eight things that Coach Troshak breaks down within this zone offense course. They can be extremely beneficial with any type of zone that you may be playing against. If you have questions, let me know. And to order, you can hit the description in the link below. Let's get to the show. I'd like to welcome Coach Anthony Troshak back to the Coach's Edge podcast. Coach, thanks for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me again. I'm looking forward to diving into some book recommendations. So let's get to it. Yes, sir. You are a, an avid book reader, and um, I thought it would be cool for us to be able to share some of the books that we've read over the past year slash pandemic, which I know has been like a year and a half, um, and share some of the books that have stood out to us that have impacted us and, and hopefully, you know, how we've used that to uh, continue to get better and whatever it is that, that we're trying to do. So um, I'll ask you first, what are some of the types of books that you like to read? Um, you know, I, it started out with like a lot of wooden stuff, the, the John Wooden books, you can't go wrong with those. And then, you know, from there, it branched out to not only basketball coaching books, but books that really emphasize, you know, becoming the best version of yourself. And from that, it even branched into how do I make connections with people? Um, I'll talk about a book that's just really phenomenal in, in the, that regards. And, you know, as, as as I, you know, keep getting into my career, um, have kids that even relate, I'm looking at books that even relate to how to balance, you know, your work and your life, um, you know, coaching and then the home life balance, but any books that, you know, really get my brain kind of turning, thinking, and that I can apply um, mm -hmm. into my life, whether it's coaching, teaching, or parenting, those are the books that really interest me. Um, what about yourself? No, I'm right on, on track with you. And for this, um, for this episode, I wanted to share a handful of, of books that I've, I've learned a lot from, uh, things that I continue to, to go. I mean, that's one thing that stands out to me with a good book is it wasn't just I read it and I say, boy, that was good. I'm glad I read it. I'm going back to it, you know, a month later, two months later, six months later, I'm going back and I'm like, I know I highlighted something in this specific area, whether it's communication or leadership. And I'll go look through that book and leaf through and see what I highlight. Be like, oh yeah, that's something that I need to concentrate on. I think that's something that really, you know, symbolizes to me what, what a good book is. Um, but that combination of, of basketball and, and self-development really puts me in this 
kind of genre of books a lot of times where um, reading books that are about getting better, whether it's as a leader, as a coach, as a, as a person, but usually whoever I'm reading from had something to do with, with basketball, which will be a, a common theme to four out of the five books that I'm going to share today, um, or three out of the five books I should share today, even though they can be applied to sports, they can also be applied to life and just getting better at whatever it is that, that you do. So, um, let's throw a teaser out here real quick. What are some of the books without digging into the details yet that you want to share in this podcast? Um, one of my favorite ones that really changed my thinking on everything is burn your goals by Josh Metcalf and Jamie Gilbert. Um, so that has, and we'll get into it in a second, but it has everything you're looking for. And it's, it's really, you know, an all encompassing book for uh, self-development. Another one is shift your mind by um, Brian, I'll probably butcher the last name, but Levinson. And that is one of the more like interesting books that I read in the last uh, year or two, because it really talks about shifting uh, your mindset from preparation to game and performance. And I hadn't seen anybody kind of present that information in that way before. So it was really unique in that, um, you know, in that regards. Um, and then the one I kind of mentioned already is uh, Dale Carnegie, and it's how to how to win friends and influence people. And I I don't even know how old the book is. It's got to be like it's it's like 40, 50 years old. It's you know the 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 time that it's been on the on the market. You know it just keeps getting better, and it all the principles still apply today. And then there's a couple other books that are more a little basketball basketball specific that I'll get to. Awesome, awesome, that's good stuff. And the Carnegie one, have you read the one where it's in the digital age? I don't think so. Yeah. Um, Read that one next. How to win friends and influence people in the digital age, which I think win friends and influence people who sells more copies, but it's really like just how to be a good person <laughs> would be the, yeah. a great title for the book. It's all thoughtful. It's not like when I read the title, I'm like, oh, you're trying to take advantage of people. If you read the book, it's like, no, this is like just quality communication, you know, just a lot of great things that you can apply every day. So I look forward to hearing your thoughts on that one. Um, you shared within that two of my favorite books, Bring Your Goals, which you sent to me. Um, and then the Dale, Dale Carnegie book is uh, fantastic as well. A couple that I wanted to, to share, My Utmost for His Highest, which is like a one-day devotional book by Oswald Chambers, Why the Best Are the Best by Kevin Eastman, who's been a longtime NBA assistant coach, uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear, Toughness by Jay Billis, and Winning by Tim Grover. Uh, that book came out, I think, this past spring. It was, a lot of people know it was Michael Jordan's trainer, Kobe's trainer, Dwayne Wade's trainer. So we'll dig into a few of those first. But Coach Terrell, I'm going to let you go first, and we'll go back and forth. And I think this can have some good nuggets in there because, you know, I know for me, I'm much more likely to listen to a podcast than I am a book, although I enjoy reading books as well. And I know we have a lot of people that they listen to audiobooks or they listen to podcasts because they're not going to, to read books, which is not quite how they, how they learn. So hopefully they can take some nuggets from listening to us with some takeaways of uh, some of the books and benefits we've gotten from it first. So pick any of those books and what's one of the, one of the main takeaways that you have and how you apply it to your life. Um, I'll start with burn your goals. And um, really the main principle is the title. It talks about how everyone has goals in life. So if you were to ask, you know, if you're a coach and you were to write down or ask your players, what are their goals? They're going to be traditional ones of like average a certain amount of points, uh, you know, certain amount of assists, uh, team goals might be a certain amount of wins, um, you know, out rebound the other team when really everyone has that goal. No one, Coach Kramer, does anyone go into the season and go, you know what, our goal this year is to finish fifth in the league. We want to finish fifth. 100%. I don't think so. Yeah, you're <laughs> I don't right. think that happened. No, you're right. So everyone has these, these same goals of we want to be the top of the league, we want to win a district, all these things. But really, it's just you know fluff. And what really matters is the principles that you live by. How do you get there? And that's what really the book dives into is how can you get from where you are to where you want to be. And he's big on creating like a mission and a vision that you live by. So instead of goals, if someone were to walk into the gym and you're coaching a basketball team, if your team has a vision, that is basically what the, the random stranger would see when they walk in the gym. How would they see you operating? And you live to that every single day because there are some things out of our control, which is talked about in the book and controlling the controllables 
you know, if you want to average a certain amount of points, um, that might be out of control because what happens if the other team throws two guys on you, you know, and they double team you, they do a box in one or you get in foul trouble. You're not going to be able to meet those goals. So it's really about living by a mission and living by a vision. And the book is just what I like most about it is I can pick it up anytime and I can pick it up in any spot and just read it and be like, oh, that's awesome. I can apply that to my life. And it's, it's, you don't have to go in chronological order. Um, you don't, you can just pick it up whenever. And there's so many good stories and nuggets in the book that I will, as a coach, I will take a picture of it, send it to a player. I will, you know, scan it, hand it to this player. Cause I think it applies to them. And that's also, you know, how I've applied it to my life is just give handing it out to people, you know, here's, here's something I think that relates to you and give it to that player. So I really like um, that. And it just changed my um, kind of thinking about a lot of different things in terms of goals um, visions and missions. What about you? What, uh, what book you got for us? Yeah. Well, I mean, for, first I'd say that's, I'm so glad, um, you sent me that book probably five or six years ago. I don't know what it was. I think we ran one camp in Brown city and you were thoughtful enough to send me that book. And in many ways that started to really, you know, I, maybe I was at top of the hill that gave me that little extra push to really start digging in and, and reading more uh, and, and working on my craft from, you know, that the mindset uh, of just that self-development aspect. And that's a, that's a great book. Jamie Gilbert, Gilbert is phenomenal author. Great stuff. Um, the first one that I wanted to share is, is a daily devotional book, my utmost for his highest by Oswald Chambers. It's been around for a very, very long time. Simple, quick read, something I, I read basically every morning. It's got a little Bible verse on top. And then it's got, you know, his breakdown of what that verse means to him below it. And the, the quick passage that I'm going to share in this one uh, applies to not just us, but it applies to coaches, which is why I wanted to, to share it today. Um, and so it's from June 17th. If uh, anybody's uh, a reader of my utmost for his highest, Matthew 7, 1, judge not that you be not judged. And he talks about the average Christian is the most piercingly critical individual known. And as I read this, I was like, boy, if the average Christian is the most piercingly critical individual I know, I wonder if number two is basketball coaches. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I just like saw this and I drew the comparison for, for how how critical we can be of others as basketball coaches and how um, is there really that many other occupations, uh, especially an occupation where if you're in coaching, you're doing it for the love. Um, but would you go into somebody else's job who does something that you do or, or, and just tear down what they're doing, right? That's what they do, right? If that's what they do, or that's what they do for a full-time job, or if that's something they've done for 10, 20, 30 years, and they're sharing something and maybe, you know, 90% of it, you're like right on, but you're going to pick out the 10% out of that and just like tear it down. And I, I feel like there's just this, this commonality as, as I read that passage about Christians. And I was like, man, as coaches, we can be a very critical of one another. And instead, I think that we need to give each other more grace. Um, the, the, I think that as coaches, we can't uh, we can't take somebody's entire coaching philosophy and tear it down because of something that they tweeted in, you know, 50 letters, 100 letters, whatever that might be. Like, clearly, there's more to it. It's Twitter. It's social media. It's meant to just be quick, fast. And so we need to give people more grace. We need to give more people the, the benefit of the doubt. Um, and, I, and I think in general, um, we need to be more trusting of the good in people in general. So that's some of my takeaway with, with the first uh, book that, that I wanted to share. So uh, any thoughts or questions on that? And then I'm going to throw it back to you. No, that's great stuff. And it made me think of actually one of your brother's um, post on Instagram about how society wants us to like be angry at something always or upset at something or critical about something instead of, like you said, looking for the good in people or just digesting what that person said and respecting that that is their, you know, their thoughts and how they're doing things. 
Um, instead of trying to always prove that you're right, you know, would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? And I feel like a lot of times people are, are always out there criticizing others because they want to be right when it just, it just, you know, frustrates you in the long run and you spend more time on something outside of your control. Now, is, did you say that was a daily book? So you do read that daily? It's one page every day. So it's, you know, you start it on January 1st, you finish it on December 31st and, and each day has one, one passage. And, um, you know, the, to hop off on what you just said was, you know, just cause something's right for you doesn't mean it, that's the right for everybody else. Um, you know, what, for example, we were talking about, I was texting with four different varsity high school coaches last night on defensive closeouts in the text right? Not all of them were on the same text. And all four of them had a different way that they teach the technique on a closeout. Now, I could pick one of those coaches or say, well, I have an opinion too. So mine's right and theirs is wrong. No, no, no. Like they all had a specific why to what they were doing. Like one coach is like, when we close out, we want our high hand to be towards the middle of the court because they generally wanted that hand up a little higher and to push and keep them a little bit more on the sideline. So that was their, their thought process. Another one was, okay, you got your Kobe shooter. You got your Steph Curry shooter. You got your Simmons shooter. Very, very based on the personnel of how they close out. Another coach was like, Hey, we want two hands high. And that, that two hands was the, the reason I've heard from most coaches say two hands high is more of a passing lanes, like your two hands out high. And so more, it's more of a passing lanes thing. Uh, another coach is like, we're running them off the three-point line. We're playing a zone. We got the help back there already, so no threes. And we're going to encourage them to shoot as many mid-range pull-ups. Like, wrong? No. Like, those are all great answers. They all have a reason for why they're doing what they're doing. I just think we need more of that. Like, there's just benefits that we can take away from, from everybody. Yes, sir. You know, and I like the, those daily books um, that you can – you know, read in the morning, just a quick page. There's actually one that I just purchased and I haven't dove into. It's, uh, it's by like, uh, basketball is, uh, psychology. And it's, I've seen that on Twitter a couple times. Yeah. There's a lot of tweets on it. Um, I think Julie Fournier or something, I I can't pronounce the name, but daily wisdom is what it's called. And every day, and I I have it, and I'm probably going to start diving into it January 1st. So that way start the new year and, you know, with that every morning. So, um, but you know, if we're moving on the next book, I kind of hinted on, uh, shift your, shift your mind and it covers nine shifts and it starts in the beginning with uh tom coughlin who was uh nfl coach and he says you know we're humble enough to prepare but confident enough to perform and then that's basically where the book takes off and they go over nine mind shifts from your preparation to your performance so he even goes as far as saying you should be like arrogant in your performance so a couple of the mind shifts are you know, the greatest performers, the greatest athletes, the greatest, you know, singers, whatever, uh, they view their preparation as work and an opportunity to improve. And they're kind of like perfectionist at to some point in their preparation. And then they look at their performance as play and they can kind of slide into the zone of optimal performance. And they're very adaptable in the performance. Um, another thing they do in preparation, they analyze and reflect where in performance, they're very like instinctive. They don't have time to really analyze because it's a game. Um, In preparation, the best uh, experiment. And then in performance, they just trust the process that they um, can, you know, perform. In in preparation, um, the greatest, they challenge themselves to be uncomfortable in preparation. And then they create comfortable routines in performance, which I think is huge, is getting outside of your comfort zone in preparation, really challenging yourself and, um, you know, pushing yourself, but in performance, you know, it should be comfortable. That's why a lot of coaches will say the game or the practice should be harder than a game. There's also another quote that says you don't sink or you don't rise to the occasion. You sink to the level of your, your training. Um, and it just goes over like nine mind shifts. Um, I won't go over all of them, but th- from pre- preparation to performance. And I thought it was cool. And it really reminded me of like a Kobe Bryant, how like he performed with like an edge, and how he kind of had that almost different mentality, Mamba mentality when he was out there compared to when he was in preparation. Um, so, and it, it just made me think of the best and how they prepare and how they perform. And they are almost like so confident um, when they're out on the field or the court that they're almost, like you said, there's almost some 
arrogance with it. Um, but that's just that confidence. <laughs> Any thoughts on those, Coach? Well, I one, I, I, I love that. Is there an area that you have you know, taken from that book and said, okay, now I see how I can apply that to my daily life? I would say, um, you know, the, the work play, you know, and when in a game sometimes, especially when you get into, into the meat of your schedule, sometimes I'll find myself more positive and upbeat in practice. And then the game starts, we're going against a little better competition. And, you know, I might get frustrated. I might show poor body language when really that's when I should be confident because it's, it's no good to, you know, beat a dead horse over a mistake of a player that a player makes in a game. We really have to move on and have like that next play mentality. And that's kind of what I took from the book and have applied it is I need to be more like that in preparation, more perfectionist in preparation. Um, so that way, when the game happens, you know, we can roll with any mistakes. We can roll with any challenges. Really good stuff. And I think, you know, that's one of the reasons I want to do this. This episode was there's so many little nuggets and takeaways from all these good books. Um, just one thing that stands out and then how are we applying it is, is great to hear. Yeah. So what do you got next for us? So um, if you haven't read the book, uh, Why the Best Are the Best by Kevin Eastman, highly recommend it. Um, he picks basically 25 words and breaks them down and what each of these words mean to him things that he's picked up from his travels throughout the NBA, being around, you know, Hall of Fame, uh, top level people uh, throughout the world. And he does a lot of speaking and, and whatnot. Now, in fact, I'm going to have to reach out to him and see if I want to join the, the podcast. But um, with, with this, he talks about um, turning different circumstances that may not seem beneficial into opportunities. And so much of it is about how we think of our time, which seems to be a focus of, of me because that's going to come back in another one of the books, but in a different, in a different way. But he says, turn lines into lessons, turn red lights into reminders, turn flights into classrooms. I have learned that one man's wasted time is another man's learning time. And uh, coach, you know, you've, you've heard, we've all heard, you know, there's 86 some odd thousand seconds in a day, right? How do you choose to, to use that time each day is, is up to you. I mean, time is our most valuable thing. You know, we can make money back. We can't, we can't get time back. Um, so to be able to see different circumstances that may not be what we actually wanted and say, but how can I use this time to best benefit? So there could be a circumstance that happens in, in your life. And boy, that's a real struggle. You weren't planning on that happening, but there is some growth. That difficult circumstance can be a new opportunity to learn and grow. And also what he's talking about here is like, if, if you had to run into Target to buy something and now you're standing in line for an extra 15 minutes when you're planning on just getting up there, go, what can you do in that 15 minutes while you're waiting in line to get better at something? right? Maybe you can get your phone out and text three people that you haven't talked to in a long time and ask them how they're doing, right? If you are uh, at a red light, do not be texting, right? <laughs> but I mean, maybe that's time to, you know, say, say a, a quick prayer for, for somebody that you've been thinking about and you've been, been in a rush. Um, I'm going to be traveling to Seattle. Actually, I'll probably be back from Seattle by the time this episode comes out. Um, but on that flight time, what am I going to do on that flight time from the East coast to, to the West coast? And how can I use that time? Is it, is it through reading books or is it from just kind of the, the junk food type material that we take in on a consistent basis to just take up our time, whether that's, you know, social media where it's just kind of empty calories and you've been on there for 15 minutes and then you're like, was that really beneficial? Or is it could be reading a book, good podcast, good, solid conversation with my wife, who I'll be sitting next to, things like that. Uh, we all have the same amount of time, but how we choose to use it and how we choose to really double up things that we know we're going to do every day, I think that can be a huge benefit for a lot of us. So like as a coach listening, what are some things that you know you're going to do every day? They become such habit that you can almost go on autopilot doing it. Now, can you stack that habit, which we'll probably 
the oh, atomic yeah. habits is a, is a good one. So this kind of comes back into this one, but what's something that you can do in addition to what you're already doing every day. So now I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting this accomplished. Like maybe it's brushing my teeth. Maybe it's, you know, some, some normal routine that you do in the morning, but how can you stack it with, with something else to get even more benefit out of it? Uh, does that make sense? It totally makes sense. And I think time that you hit on is, is huge because it's the one resource that is equal for everyone, whether you're seven foot tall or five foot 11, whether you're rich, whether you're not, you know, doesn't matter. We all have the same amount of time. Um, doesn't matter if you have more resources than somebody else, you have that same amount of time and maximizing that time, you know, is huge. So, you know, like you said, if, if you have a commute, you know, listen to a book, listen to a podcast, um, you know, and really, you know, be intentional with your time. And if I think if we as human beings, and I know myself, if I were to look at how my time spent, some of it's wasted. Like, uh, I'm just listening to a book, it's called the work life balance myth. And it talks about what takes our time. And one of them, they say infinity pools, actually, no, it's not from that book, it's from a different, one. I'm getting mixed up, but infinity pools. And that's like, um, something that constantly, you know, throws out new information, it could be Facebook, could be Twitter, could be Instagram, a lot of social media. And, you know, as far as, you know, I'm, as far as me, like I, I will, I'll admit, like I waste time on my phone that I could better use with family or really be intentional about that time. Instead of just scrolling, be like, I'm going to look into something specific for coaching instead of just scrolling, looking, Oh, what, what's out there? What's new, you know, really have a purpose. Um, so what about you? What are some things um, that you've learned from your experimenting with how to maximize your time? Um, so I, a couple things. And I love everything that, that you mentioned. One, when I'm exercising, I'm also learning something. So that's, that's been an easy one for me that I've done for a, a long time, but it just continued to reinforce that with me of um, a lot of times when I would work out, I put music on a lot of the majority of the time now, unless I really feel like I need some extra juice to put music on during workout, I don't, I put a podcast on, you know, so when I'm lunging and I've been lunging for, you know, for those listening, I've probably heard a couple episodes um, doing like volume, like 200 meters, 400 meters, 800 meters a mile, lunges pretty consistently. Most of the time I'm listening to a podcast while I'm doing. Um, so besides the pain, I can kind of go on autopilot of doing lunges so I can learn something while I'm listening as well. Also trying to find time throughout the day uh, that's uninterrupted is big because there's so many distractions out there. So you mentioned the phone, and I think we're all guilty of, of that, myself included. Um, but to say, you know what, I'm not touching my phone until 7 a.m. So if that means I get up at, if I'm getting up at, say, 5, okay, well, I got two hours without my phone, and there's going to be a stretch where people aren't awake yet. And so now I got uninterrupted time to do what, what I need to do to prepare for the day, whether that's work, whether that's pray, whether that's whatever it is. Um, and so that's been huge for me. Um, how about yourself? Or we can jump into the next book as well. I feel like all these topics we could, or could be a full conversation and podcast episode. So yeah, this next book kind of will answer that about time. Um, and it's Dale Carnegie. And I did look it up right as we were starting the podcast and it was published in 1936. So I was off when I said like 30 or 40 years, this thing's been around for a while. And I actually just talked to a, a friend of mine who coaches football and he's like, man, the book is just golden. He goes, I always go back to it and it's so simple and it makes so much sense. And he goes, I, we just, and I, we both agreed, we, we need to apply it to life. So one thing that um, I'm big into, and I know Josh Metcalf talked about in his book, Burn Your Goals is journaling. I think JP Nurbin, you know, calling up is big into like journaling, reflecting on um, whether it's in the morning and the evening. So in how, the book is titled how to win friends and influence people and there are let's see i think there's probably close to 20 principles that he goes over from you know avoiding arguments to you know get them to say yes immediately let them do most of the talking remember their name be a good listener all these things like you mentioned just how to be a good human being it's going to help you make maybe be a better employee a better coach a better you know husband a better wife brother bro brother and sister but, you know, the big thing is, how do I apply into my life? So I recently bought a, a journal and every day I'm going to pick one of these principles. And in the morning, I'm going to, you know, emphasize that principle and I'm going to focus on that principle that day. And then I'll just do a quick reflection at the end. So it might be 10 minutes tops of my day um, and using my time instead of when I get up, eat breakfast and, you know, I'm on my phone or doing something. 
I'm going to take five minutes to just journal it out. And I'm going to start with how to win friends and influence people because I think it's a golden book. It's awesome. And everything is so simple, but it's like, how do I apply this to life? You know, I read it, I digest it, but sometimes I, I need to apply what I'm reading. I need to apply what I'm listening to. And I think the best way is to just kind of journal it, hold yourself to that, writing it out, just simply writing it down is, is huge. Um, so that's one way to kind of use my time wisely and incorporate this into my life. Um, you've read this book correctly or correct? Yeah, I've read it a couple of times and um, it's, uh, you know, you, you mentioned the word simple and simple is a, it's a, it's a dangerous, dangerous thing because uh, simple means it's easy to do and simple means it's easy not to do. And uh, as you read this book, you're, you're just like, man, this stuff is so good. How come I'm not doing some of these things just automatically, but it's simple not to do too. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but if, if you can start to make these things consistent, right. And, and develop some habits, which I'm going to get into in the next one. Now things really start to snowball in a positive way. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's a book that I continue to, to go back to. I mean, I've read it front to back twice. Um, but I look at it maybe every month, you know, uh, of just how, how many good nuggets uh, there are. And that's another one that you mentioned before, you could flip that thing open to any page and you're going to find something that's going to hit you and say, boy, I can apply that to my life. And uh, the other benefit I get from that book is depending on where you are in your journey, you know, how, how old you are, whether you're a young coach, an older coach, uh, a parent, not a parent, you know, relation, like what, wherever you're at, um, that book can hit you a little bit different, which is something that I'm trying to make uh, a goal for 2022 is it's so easy for us to consume new information, more information, but something that I'm going to try to focus on in this next coming year is rereading some of the great stuff that I've already looked at. I'm going to reread some books. I'm going to reread Atomic Habits. I'm going to reread some of these things instead of always what's new. It's so easy to consume. What's challenging is application. And I think in order for me to get some application, I got to go back and read some of these really good books and say, okay, now what am I going to, going to lock in on? So that's one of my things for 2022 is I slowly start to put together my, um, my goals for 2022. And you mentioned burn your goals. And I, I, I think goals can be different, right? I think there are control goals and there's uncontrolled goals. Uncontrolled goals were all the ones that you listed before. I want to be the league champion. Yeah. So does everybody else. Right. But to me, like a control goal is, am I going to read every day or am I going to listen to a self-development podcast? That can be a goal, too. And if, if that becomes a goal towards development and living by principle and standards, I think that's where we really start to get a lot of a lot of good things, which all those things bring us into the book Atomic Habits, which I know you've read as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So tons of great benefits in there. James Clear does a great job of, of backing up not only these thought processes and concepts, but he doesn't has a lot of science and research to, to back it up, which is, which is really good as well. Um, if, if that's a little too big of a heavy hitter for you, like if there was another book I was going to add that I'm not going to talk about, read the compound effect. That's a great book. Um, just got to understand, you know, how we can start to compound good things over time. Um, but one takeaway from atomic habits, um, the third law of behavioral change is try to make it easy. And the most effective form, and I'm, I'm reading, by the way, the most effective form of learning is practice, not planning. Focus on taking action, not being in motion. And I think that it's so easy for us to keep busy doing things. I'm keeping busy. I'm keeping busy. I'm keeping busy. Yeah, but are we accomplishing what we set out to accomplish? We just keep them busy because there's a lot of busy you know, bees and workers out there, but are, are we actually moving forward? And then the other thing is the most effective form of learning is practice, not planning. And, and, and that's why I try to be like, I try to embody being a practitioner with what I do, right? I still try at 37 years old, I'm trying to be an athlete. So when, when I go into that gym with some kids and they're gassed or we're running, like I still remember and know what that feels like because I'm doing that. I'm doing that too. And so there's this line of planning, 
but preparation is an action. Preparation is your, your practice. And so to put yourself more so in that boat of getting in the reps and the practice and some of the pain and some of the discomfort is going to allow us to learn and grow and make mistakes so that we can be better the next time. Whereas it's so easy to sit back and second guess ourselves and to plan, okay, you know, when we get to the third week in the season, this is what we're going to do fourth week in the season. This is what we're going to do and move it and move it. And you could spend all this time planning, planning, planning. How about we hit go and you're doing the best you can. You're, you're prepared, no question, but because you're already in the race, instead of waiting to start, you're going to learn a heck of a lot more about running because you're running than thinking about what it takes to be a good runner. I hope that makes sense. Oh, it makes complete sense. And, uh, you know, it, it can be applied to, you know, to basketball, you know, like you said, coaching, um, just getting players reps and into it instead of, you know, talking or, you know, having them be perfect through something. Um, sometimes they, they're better off just learning by doing. Um, so no, that's good. That's good stuff. I, I really, uh, enjoyed atomic habits from the ideas of, um, habit stacking, to trying to like make things, you know, your good habits easy. And then the, the bad habits that you have get eliminate those, make them difficult to do. Um, I, I thought it was a, just a, a great book too. Um, any other takeaways from that book you wanted to talk about? There was, I mean, there's a ton we could dig into, but along that same chapter, um, he says one more thing, the amount of time you have been performing a habit is not as important as the number of times you have performed it. And I thought that was really interesting. I read it one more time. The amount of time you have been performing a habit is not as important as the number of times you have performed performed it. And earlier in that chapter, he goes on and he just talks about frequency, right? Just how frequent are you performing thing? It could be positive, it could be negative, but those reps, which is practice, right? The how do we learn? Practice putting in putting in the work. The more we can do that, right? The faster pace we're going to to learn and grow. And also, if, if those are things that, that we don't want in our life, like checking your phone, like the more often you check your phone, the more likely you are to keep checking your phone more and more often. Right. It's a snowball effect in, in one way or the other. So uh, I love I love talking about just habits and kind of daily mentality of what trying to learn more about what makes people that are really good at whatever they do. What makes that happen, um, which is which is really cool for for me. So how about you? What's next? Uh, next, uh, kind of a couple more basketball-specific books that I, I have recommendations for Coach. One is uh, Brian McCormick, 21st Century Basketball. Um, so he really, it's just what the title sounds like. It's moving basketball in the 21st century. It, is, it provides both skills, uh, explanation, diagrams, pictures of, um, you know, anything from footwork that might be different than how we taught it 20 years ago to you know, small sided games to how to get players repetitions. So it's really, uh, you know, a book that is the now, like how, what is, what are the best practices teaching right now? Um, and how do we get players to transfer the skills that we want from the practice into a game? So that, that's just a more basketball specific um, book that if coaches are looking to, to kind of dive into, that's a good one. What's something in there that you read and were like, oh man, I'm applying that right now. Uh, this one, I read it back a while ago, was like the crossover step on defense. You know, instead of shuffling and drop stepping and doing all that, my first probably five, six years of coaching, that's how I taught it. Now I'm more like we practice our crossover step because if you're going to get beat off the dribble, you're going to have to recover. And I can't shuffle as fast as you can run or dribble. So I'm going to have to crossover step. I'm going to have to use that. So there's little nuggets like that. Also, some really um, interesting small-sided games um, that you can incorporate where you're focusing on like a specific action that I really liked. And if you're interested on what Coach Stroh just mentioned right there, go back and listen to our Lee Taft episode. He talks about the seven movements of, of basketball. Uh, he talks about those different types of lateral movements. He calls it a lateral sprint and a lateral shuffle, and he breaks down all these different movements and how we can practice it and drill it and really good, really good stuff right there. No doubt, no doubt about it. Um, that has like drills and, and PDFs. And that was, that was one that I haven't heard of. 
yeah, it's it, it's good. And he follow, he's a pretty good follow on Twitter. Sometimes he has some uh, some interesting tweets and, you know, very uh, opinionated, I should say. But um, he, he definitely thinks differently than most coaches. And he's he's not that old school type. He's more, you know, this is the 21st century. This is how we should be doing stuff. Talks about he's a huge advocate of three on three and, you know, lower rims for uh, players up to like fifth, sixth grade, because, you know, that just is going to help them with shot, help them with enjoy play and things like that. So um, he's a good file and it's a good read. What did, what about you next? Did, what do you have next? Uh, toughness by Jay Billis. Oh, toughness. Great book. Toughness by Jay Billis. And, uh, you know, the only thing I feel bad about is I hadn't read this book sooner. Um, but I think it was cause you know, he went to Duke and I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge Duke, um, fan, but, uh, anyway, he talks in one of these chapters about at, at Duke, they had to do this mile test before the season and you had to get to a specific time and how he, you know, he wasn't the fastest runner and how he just dreaded doing this mile. And I was like, boy, I can really relate to that because when I was in college, we had to run a 5k the week before practice, they had scheduled like this tulip time 5k in Holland, Michigan or something like that. And I hate running long distance. When I, when I was a kid, I had that sports asthma. And so I was, I was the kid out there. Like if we were playing a game of basketball and, and even now, like we could play a game of five on five and you'd watch me play. You'd be like, that dude's in great shape. Like he can play. If you put me on a track and just said, run a mile, but don't stop. You'd be like, I thought that guy was in good shape, but it was, it's just the fact that like, even in a game, when the ball goes out of bounds, you got that five seconds before they throw it back in at the free throw line, right? There's a, there's a quick timeout. When I'm on the track or running any distance, just not having a couple seconds to like get back. I'm gassed, man. Like, I'm just like <gasps> dying, which is one of the reasons why I've been running a little bit more, not because I necessarily want to get better at for basketball purposes, but I was like, I just got to do more stuff that I hate doing. And so running like even a mile is just, you know, torture for me in a couple of ways. So he talks about how much that is difficult for him, but he talks about his mindset towards preparing for this mile and how it was so much different than one of his teammates. And one of his teammates was, uh, let's see, name was Allery. All right. So doesn't say his full name on this page, but anyway, his teammate would always beat him in this mile race, but it was like coming up to like his, his junior, senior year, something like that. He's like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to kill it this time. I'm, I'm, I'm training extra. I'm running more often. And so he goes out and he has his best time. He runs like a five forty-five mile. It's great. Right. And uh, the Allery guy runs a five eleven mile time and they're both bigs. So like these guys are moving, right? This is, this is moving. And, uh, He's like, I trained more than he did. He still smoked me like he crushed me. And so he asks him, you know, what, what was it? Like, what, what's your mindset as we go into this? Like, I know I practiced and put in more work than you did. And he said, for me, the mile run is about how much pain I'm willing to endure. And then he later says, Allery took a different approach. He trained not to do the same thing more comfortably, but to be more productive. He decided he was going to be in just as much pain and discomfort, but he was doing it to get more out of it. And that really hit me as far as that different shift in the mindset. Both these guys had to run a mile. They both had to get under a certain amount of time, but the one, all their training was, was to make it easier later. And the other one was saying, I'm gonna go and, and this is gonna suck and I'm gonna work really hard. But what I'm improving is my capacity to continue to, to challenge myself, to, to push myself. It is not at all about making this mile easier. It's gonna suck regardless. I'm gonna embrace the fact that, that it sucks. We're, we're kind of getting into some David Goggins stuff here, if you haven't read his book either, uh, I'm just improving my capacity to do things that are really, really difficult for me. And as we do that, we get a heck of a lot more improvement out of it. And I just love that. That was one of my favorite pieces of the whole book. 
Uh, it's a great mindset. And like you said, you kind of embrace that adversity. And like you said, embrace the suck. And and it's ultimately going to, you know, you're going to benefit in the long run from that. Um, I don't actually remember that part in the book. So uh, I'm glad you brought that up. And that's a good point. And with, with talking about toughness, it's another book that you can open at any point. And it's another book you can share with players. You can photocopy something, say, here you go, check this out. You could even use it as your team, um, you know, team theme for the year and have every day go over one different thing of, of that's in the toughness book. So it's really a, a applicable to the game of basketball in life. No doubt about it. And that's, you know, being a person who works out pretty much every day, that's, it's been an easy application for, for me is to like, just embrace the fact that, that this is hard um, doing it with lunges for a long time, trying to do it with running a little more often as well, but it can apply to anything that we do. Yeah, what I also liked about in that book, he mentioned preparing for like practice that he, it was like one thing that he regretted was he would just go to practice and kind of just do what, what he was supposed to do the drills instead of going in there with a purpose to like get better or focus that day. So I try to encourage in players to like, and I'll even ask them to be in practice. Wait, what do you, what's your focus today? What do you want to get better at today? All right. It's blocking out. All right. I'm watching that for you. Um, so you know, that's, that's just something that I even look back on. And when I practice and maybe yourself, like maybe we just I went through the motions of practice instead of having a focus. So I did that. So that's one thing that definitely stuck out with me from that book of toughness. No question. And, and I, one thing that I think players and coaches alike can struggle with is, are you going to practice to get through it? Or like you're talking about, are you going to practice with an emphasis with a focus um, and in, in general, like if, if you're going to practice, I'm going into practice, I'm going into compete, I'm going into win. And if someone else is going to practice, I'm, I'm just here and I can't wait for these two hours to be done and I can get back out of here. Well, who's going to get better, right? Yeah. Because if I'm going in to be competitive and win, am I going to win every time? No, but I, I'm going to learn a heck of a lot more because I'm competing and getting after it than the kid next to me who's like, I'm just punching the clock, you know? Um, so that's a big one is big one as well. A lot of good takeaways from that. Uh, yeah. Next stand kind of basketball specific is it's lockdown defense by Michael Jakowski. I, again, it's J A G A C K I and I'm awful with names. You think I'd be better as a teacher, but I'm, I'm awful. Anyway, it's a, uh, it's a really good book because it's focused on defense. And I think a lot of times um, the, skills of defense are undertaught us coaches just go defense is about heart it's about passion it's about you know effort when really there's techniques to defense <laughs> just like you talked about with closeouts there's techniques to um your stance when you're on defense how you defend the post if you're you know undersized um so it goes into those there's some supplemental videos that are really beneficial too that you can use in practice um, and also creating a defensive system. He talks about how, how you defend the ball screen should kind of be the determining factor of what your defensive system looks like since the ball screen is so heavily used, especially in the college game and it's trickling down to the high school game, that how you defend that is going to determine, you know, other things of do you force baseline, no middle, um, things of that nature. So um, it's a great book. A lot of individual defense gets to some team defense too, but I highly recommend it. What's been one thing that you read in that book where you were like, boom, that was kind of mind blown. Like I never really thought of it like that. Um, it talks about defending the post and he talks about, you know, Scotty Pippen's defense in the post. And they show these videos of how he was like, he would kind of play behind the guy, but constantly move. So the guy could never post his body. So he's like bouncing back behind the defender. And then when the pass went to the post, he would just get a hand in it and steal it because the guy never posted up Pippen. So Pippen was always on, on one side, on another side, bouncing back, like almost like a rabbit, you know, and, and the guy never made contact. So he could just get in there because the guy never sealed him. So Scotty Pippen's, you know, an underrated def defender and, um, you know, go look at some of the clips. And like I said, check that out. He has a good YouTube channels too. Um, again, the book is uh, lockdown defense. Lockdown defense and YouTube Scotty Pippen ultimate defender. And there's a part one and part two YouTube clip. And if you want to get excited about defense, that the the background music combined with his defensive highlights is like like you literally watch it, you want to go out and start playing defense. Like you can keep the ball. Like I'm just get after it. Like that's how 
that's how sweet um, that that video is. Um, no, that's really that's really interesting um, as far as post post defense. Not something that's talked about nearly enough. And um, I think post defense is coming back. I've said it before on some other podcasts. Post offense, post defense. It hasn't gone anywhere in the women's game. We see a ton of high low post actions in the women's game. Um, we don't see a whole lot of post anything in the men's game, but I think eventually that stuff's going to come back because everybody's playing outside. Post play is just going to be become so something that's more so for everyone instead of, you know, put the tallest players uh, near the basket if we're going to post up. But that's a whole nother side uh, tangent. Tangent right there, coach. Whole nother one. Sorry about that. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. Post and post play is still important. A lot of teams are playing through the post for passing or split action. So you still have to defend the post or guards are going down there posting up smaller guards. So, yeah, but you're, you're right. It's, 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 it's not going away and it hasn't really gone away in some extent in some parts of game, different parts of the game. So um, you got any more books? Yeah, I got one more. I got one more to share um, with you. Also the, you mentioned a couple of the defensive movements and things like that. Again, I'll go back the Lee Taft episode. He's a sports movement specialist. He's worked with like high school, college, NBA, like he's, he's a guru. And although the, the interview we did with him was a lot about, you know, movement and getting the most out of our practices and how we can kind of get our players to be a little more athletic. There's a very defensive focus with, with that episode, which, which was really cool. So I think a lot of our listeners will like that as well. And he talks a little bit about defending ball screens as well in there. Um, Tim Grover, the book winning um, came out. I started with Tim Grover back when his jump attack book came out. Uh, I've done that. I've, I've um, recommended it to a handful of high school basketball programs. I've seen benefits from doing it myself um, as far as some of the workouts, but uh, his book on winning and going back to time, there's a section where he talks about time and uh, I'm going to read a few things that he shared time for everything equals time for nothing and winning at nothing. The book is about winning. So he always tries to relate, you know, winning in yeah. life, winning in business, winning your relationships, whatever that, that might be. Um, and I'll read a few more of his, his quotes here. Um, you can't have it all the same time. And you'll have to get used to the reality that certain things will have to wait. So that's prioritizing your time and what's most important at different times in your life. And then he, with time, he goes into the power of no. And you have to master the art of, of no. And he encourage, encourages his clients to make a no list and to stop always adding and saying yes and dividing our time up more, 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 more. Instead, start deleting certain things out of your life that aren't you know, pushing you in the direction that you want to go. You use this analogy. It's easier to climb a mountain with a weighted vest. Is it easier to climb a mountain with a weighted vest and a full pack or with just the essentials? Instead of giving yourself more to do, start getting rid of everything that's dragging you down. Everything you're doing to meet other people's expectations and demands, those things have to go. Handle that and you already have more time for the meaningful, important elements in your life, family, kids, health, yourself. Um, and I'll read another paragraph for you. Um, stop spending time you don't have on people you don't like doing more things you don't want to do. What do you want? More time to work, more focus on your goals, more time in your relationships, more time to yourself. Figure it out and make a decision. Otherwise, you won't be happy in anything. Now, if you've read any of Tim Grover's stuff or read any of his podcast, he is very blunt. He is to the point. He is not afraid to, to, to offend you. He just, boom, he, he cuts, cuts right to the chase, uh, which I, I certainly appreciate. And as I was reading this, um, I think that if I had a, if I had a superpower, like if I have a superpower, I think it's, it's no, like I was reading this and that was, you know, sometimes you read books, you're like, boy, I need more of that. And sometimes you read books and you're like, Whoa, I've actually been doing that. Um, I don't have a way probably to teach it to somebody else because I think I've been doing it at a young age, but I feel like um, one thing that has helped me do what I'm doing now. Um, and one thing that has helped me when I was a basketball player was there were just a lot of things that other people were doing and choosing to do that could very well be very positive, enjoyable things. And from the jump, I was always saying no to a lot of those things. 
And uh, that just gave me more time to do what I wanted to do, which was play basketball or to learn about basketball. And uh, that's something that I continue to do in my life with, with my business, with basketball, with family to prioritize that. And honestly, a lot of my, my daily life is extremely simple, very simplistic because I've just said no to things for so long. I don't even think about spending time doing certain things. I've watched two football games all fall, right? Two. So like when I think of like how much time I probably get ahead from other people that are in coaching, well, it's like, yeah, because I probably got 10 extra hours on the weekend to spend time with my family or learn more about basketball than somebody else does. Um, you know, if, if you're a player, like going out to, to a movie and hanging out with friends, positive thing. Yes. Should you do it? Yeah, occasionally. But if I can cut out some of that time to spend more time doing something else that's going to allow me to play college basketball, right, making more of a commitment, that's going to help push you in the right direction. Uh, so there's so many different examples of being able to stay, say no um, that will allow you uh, to have much more time to do the things that are truly, truly important to you. I think that's, you hit it, and that's extremely important um, as far as coaches go, having that balance of being a coach, you know, if you're a teacher or your other occupation, and then, you, you know, your family, your health. Um, so, you know, you gotta, you gotta say no to some things. Um, because otherwise you, you're going to put so much emphasis on a couple of things that those, those other areas of your life are going to be neglected and it's just going to cause more, you know, challenges on the back end. So I think all us coaches could learn from you, coach Kramer and, and saying no a little more and prioritizing better with, uh, with our time. So I'm kind of envious of, of, of the, your ability to do that. But like uh, you said, you started at a young age, you know, started at a young age. And I don't, I think part of it might just be my personality. Like I'm very much like a one track person of, you know, what do I want to do? Uh, if it's not something I want to do, I'm just like, well, I don't want to spend time doing it. Even <laughs> if it might be fun, if it's not like the most fun thing for me, which is usually basketball, I'm not doing it. You know, like I had uh, quick side tangent when we lived in Indiana, we were at church and some people from the church invited us to go out to eat. So we're out to eat. And there is uh, one of the associate pastors there and he was big into hunting. I got no problem with hunting. If you kill a deer, I will gladly eat some of the venison. Delicious. Right. Um, so he's asking, you know, what do you, what do you do? What are your your hobbies, you know, do you like to hunt? Do you like to, you know, water sports? Do you like to ski? And I said, no, I don't like to do any of those things. Uh, he's like, well, what do you do? I was like, I, I work, I do my job and I have my family and we hang out. Um, I was like, I am a really boring person. Like, if you were <laughs> to hang out with me, like we're not doing a whole lot of fun stuff. Like, I, but I'm having a great time. I'm just putting it into what, what, it, what is my job. And, and I'm not saying that that's the, the way to go. We're saying that other people need to live their life, but at some point there are things that if you keep saying yes, 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 eventually it's going to come back and start to take away from some of the things that are really important to you. hundred percent. hundred percent. We didn't end up hanging out anymore after that. Unfortunately. <laughs> yep. Uh, coach. This has been this has been fun. I'd like to make this maybe a six month or yearly uh, thing based on kind of how much how many books we're reading and how much ground we're covering. Um, and I hope that if, if you guys are listening, that you found it uh, beneficial. Um, we appreciate you listening. Like listening to the podcast is not free. It doesn't cost you money. But how are you paying? You're paying with your time. Right. Coach Troshak and I, we're not getting paid to do this but we're paying it with our time and the energy that, that we've spent and saying, Hey, you know, we're going to spend an hour talking to you because we think other people can, can find value in it. Um, so we appreciate uh, all of our coaches who are listening. If there's anything that, you know, coach Tro can do for you that I can do for you, please uh, reach out to us and, and let us know. Um, if you do appreciate it, a positive rating and review on uh, Apple podcast goes a really long way as well. So coach Tro, thanks for jumping on. And I'm going to leave the last closing thoughts to you. Um, yeah, first of all, thanks for having me, coaches. Thanks for listening. And when I really, you know, started to grow as a person and as a coach and as a teacher, it 
was directly related when I started diving into books. And that's not a coincidence. So I think if you do one thing and you make time for one more thing in your life, and I know we have busy lives, it's reading. It's somehow, you know, challenging your mind, exercising that brain up there, whether it's an audio book on your commute to work or it's 10 minutes before you go to bed. Um, I think that compound interest in those benefits will you know, just be tremendous. So dive into those books that we recommended. And if you have any for us, I will gladly take any recommendations. But uh, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us today, coaches. Couldn't say it any better than that. Thank you for listening to the Coaches Edge podcast. We appreciate all of you. Uh, and as always, get after it today. Thank you for listening to this episode on some of our book recommendations, some books that have positively impacted us over this past year. And if you find it beneficial, please subscribe, rate, and review. That goes a really long way. And if you're interested in our 131 zone offense course, be sure to, to let me know. Reach out, contact at kramerbasketball.com, at Coaches Edge One on Twitter. And the link in the description is below of how you can get to that sales page and learn a little bit more about everything that we provide with this course. Thanks again. And as always, get after today.